0: Hello and welcome to the Your Honest Ally podcast. My name is Amy Greenaway and I am here to be your straight shooting bestie who lovingly tells you what you need to hear without beating around the bush, is your biggest hype girl and wants to see you living the life of your dreams. In this podcast, we will cover all things self-development from manifestation, relationships, sex, fertility, owning your space and so much more. You will be exposed to ideas that will expand your horizons and give you knowledge to make empowered life decisions. Before we get into it, I invite you to open up that beautiful mind of yours, leave all the offense behind and get ready to take full accountability and own your life. Let's grow together because hey, I'm still figuring out life too. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you had a wonderful weekend and are having a great week. Today's episode, it's a goodie. It's, yeah, it's just a good one. It's my worst ex. We're talking about all things, exes and things that we have gone through. My podcast episode about bad boys and good guys, episode number five, sparked a conversation between me and my two besties, as it reminded us about all the things we went through in our past relationships and wild things that we put up with. We were actually messaging after it dropped about our experiences and memories back and forth. And I said, we have to record a podcast on this. Now we all have different stories and experiences, which may shock some people but we want to use this discussion as a beacon of hope for those listening to show you that it is possible to move past dealing with toxic shit and create a better life going forward. Most people you come across will have some pretty gnarly stories about past or even current relationships, but I often feel like they're kept on the down low, which doesn't help anyone really. Personally, I went through some shit that I now look back at and laugh at. Maybe it's my coping mechanism. I don't know. But I also take full responsibility for the toxic shit that I did. I'm sure my exes have some horrible stories about me too. But I know for my guests, Lisa and Ash, their experiences hit different. And we probably won't ever get to the stage of laughing at them. And in some ways, they're still working through them. I am really honoured that they felt comfortable enough to chat with me about this for you all to listen to. There really is a lot to learn from our experiences. If I'm honest, I have a lot of regrets from my past. I honestly don't like who I used to be, but I have made peace with that and I chose to change and I love who I am now. The girl that I used to be is not someone that would have ever deserved a man like Kirk. I am so grateful that I chose to change because now I get to be married to the best human on the planet. This would also be a help to those who would like to change who they are and maybe to be aware of what you might be doing. This episode will have you laughing hard, make your jaw drop in shock and possibly bring some tears to your eyes. It will hopefully show you even the strongest and most independent people can get caught up in shitty situations. But at the same time, it's going to bring you stories of triumph because that's what we have all done. A quick little trigger warning. We touch on topics of violence, emotional abuse, and some deep feelings throughout the podcast. If you're not ready to listen to these things, feel free to skip this app. And if you are currently looking for a way out of a toxic situation, please reach out to someone you can trust or to the relevant helplines that can help you. Don't just try and do it all on your own because we understand oftentimes it's not as easy as just getting up and walking out. Before we delve into the episode, I want to quickly point out that we are not talking about any one particular person or ex. All of us have had multiple people we've dated and we are taking from our experiences with this. Buckle in friends, we're about to go for a ride. Welcome ladies, welcome to the Your Honest Ally podcast. I'm very excited to have you both on here. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us. Anytime. (laughs) I'm very excited to kick off the air. Let's start with a bit of a fun fact, life hack or recommendation. Let's go into that segment. We'll start with, Ash, do you have a fun fact, life hack or recommendation that you want to give the
1: listeners? Yeah, I thought so about this. Oh, my gosh. Like, I was like, I'm going to research. i find something for I The research fell short, but... I do have a great recommendation. Well, great in my opinion. I highly recommend everyone watch this show. It's called Old People's Home for Teenagers or Old People's Home for Four Year Olds. The best series in like ever. the Currently, there's a new season out for Old People's Home for Teenagers, and every episode is like a tearjerker. It is heartwarming. It is so funny. I cry every episode. The best show ever. Highly, highly recommend because you can learn so much from old people, and this show is just brilliant. I learned so much
2: told me about that show before
1: it's good it's very good yeah
2: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> i love it she's I've written watched. it two weeks in a row that she's grateful for it so <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm grateful because it's so good it's okay I that. that's cute how about <laughs> you <Ace>. Uh <laughs> my actually um fun facts. i actually found two one was <laughs> to having my third cesarean i was like felt like a bit of a boss and i'm like i wonder what like the most caesareans one woman has ever had. And turns out it was 11. Like, she's the real boss. Yeah, and I was like, what a machine. Like, I got into, like, researching what the most this person done or this person, and then I searched what was the most time spent having sex. (laughs) And it was 15 (laughs) 15 hours. What? (laughs) Yeah. Two working days. Yeah. (laughs) Pizza as a gen. Willing 15 to accept the challenge. Hours. Are they getting yeah. paid? No, oh, I don't know. She just said she set the record at fifteen hours, eleven minutes or something. <laughs> I was impressed. That is wild. That was my two fun facts for that you
1: know. it's the it's the two working days for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My thoughts went to yeah, I went to other places there thinking like, ouch, right? No, you wouldn't
2: be enjoying that. No one would be enjoying oh, that. no way. No, you so would hard.
1: have to use so much loop. To get through that.
2: Well, yeah. It'd be raw.
1: Be hungry, I'd need a snack.
0: Yeah, right, hungry. You reckon they fed them while they did it? (laughs) the toilet.
2: Yeah, yeah. Do you change positions? Do you do one position for one hour and then, like, I don't know, is it six (laughs) positions in total?
0: And (laughs) I need
2: to know, is it penetrative sex or is it
0: just, like, the whole act? Does it include foreplay? It said sexual intercourse. Like, I think it's a Guinness World Record.
1: Wow. I would not like to be part of that record, personally.
0: <laughs> well, that's wild. Weird. 11 cesareans and 15 hours
2: yeah, non-stop. They
0: don't, they don't recommend 11 cesareans. <laughs> they don't, they,
2: don't yeah, recommend. that's wild. <laughs> yeah, I think they say stop at six, maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Yeah,
2: that's
0: <laughs> Fun fact. Uh, well, I feel like everyone should know this, but seems every time I go to the gym it proves to me that people don't know this the barbell pad that you see is not to be used when squatting fun fact it's only when you are doing hip thrusts so don't put the barbell pad on the barbell and put it on your back
1: (laughs) that is not good I do that (laughs) (laughs) oh it hurts
0: you need I, need, I need to just come to the gym and show you how to do it where it doesn't hurt. Because when you're squatting properly, if you have it on the right, like you don't sit it on your spine, you have to sit it in the right spot, either high bar or low bar, okay. then it won't hit your spine. So guys, if you're listening to this, please stop putting the barbell pad on the barbell with, while you're squatting. It is only for hip thrusts.
1: Yeah, Roger that. I will I will change that. Thank you. <laughs> thank you <laughs> noted Big and yep jotted that down thank you how's Ash's face when I was saying that like <laughs> light a light bulb bulb. moment. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like shit I was like do I pretend or what <laughs> that,
0: they're the fun facts of today thank you for bringing those and the recommendation Ash loved that I'm going to have to watch that So let's get into it. Lisa and Ash, my besties, two incredible women of strength. Lisa is a super, super hot mom of two beautiful girls, a wife to a wonderful man, and just an all-round boss bitch. Ashley... She is an independent queen. She is a director of a company, a world traveler, and sunshine in most people's lives. They are both wonderful, super inspirational, and from the outside you would see them as really successful and having everything together and just like people that own their shit, own, own their space. But they also have had toxic past relationships and this episode is just going to really highlight that everyone can go through this but we don't all have to get stuck in it. We have all had plenty of relationships between us that all have a few stories as most people would. Now we're older and we're kind of out of those relationships at least well, you and I are married now. At least, how many years have you been married now? Five years. And now she's like on the dating scene, but on the dating scene fiercely knowing what she wants to settle, like what she will not, I don't agree with settling, but like what she will happily accept. But we weren't always like that. So, guys, we'll kick it off. What are some things in the past that you have allowed or let slide in relationships that you would never let slide now, or at least what would you hate for your daughters to have done to them that you've had done to you and been okay with?
2: Being spoken to like I was just like a piece of shit. Like, who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> Looking back now, I'm like, why do I stand for that? And I was just like so, I don't know, like submissive. Like, okay, yes, you're right, you right. Like almost he had a reason. He had to justify why he was speaking to me like that. You mm. know, it was just... Awful, and oh, that's the other one that this was so triggering. If I had spoken to another person who happened to have a penis, oh my god, that would be the end of it because that automatically meant that I was flirting or doing the wrong thing. Oh, uh, I've got a code name for him, also. Me and Ashley come up with code names. Did you want to hear it? Yeah, mine's Frank, <laughs> and Ash, did you get a off? <laughs> uh, yeah, mine's Bob. We've got a Bob Bob and Frank.
0: Um, And they're they're engulfing all your ex-boyfriends.
2: Yes. Yeah, that's correct. I should come Uh, up with one. You need to come up with one. And um, Frank made me believe that when I was talking to another boy that I was doing the wrong thing. Like, you can't be doing that when you're in a relationship. And I believe that, that, okay, he's right. You know, I am doing the wrong thing. And I'm just like, wow, I was such a fool to be treated that way and just makes me angry when I look back on it now. That I allowed someone to have that kind of power over me, Mm. especially how strong I feel now.
0: Yeah. Well, that's funny because that was like when we were texting after the Bad Boys and Good Guys episode. And Mm. it reminded me that I had a best friend, a guy best friend, my whole high school. And then he said I couldn't be friends with him anymore. And I wasn't allowed to talk to him. And I don't know why, but I just listened. Which that's like a massive regret of mine,
2: yeah, we all listened, we all thought we had to do, we had to do as we were told, <laughs> that's the shit thing about it,
0: yeah, And ash, I have a lot more this, but we'll go around circle,
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, for me, I think it's it's so similar, like I think, as we've already spoken before previously, we have been with people all very similarly, and I think allowing someone that has so much control on everything you do like it's down to exactly like you said the people who you're allowed to speak to mine was even not even just involved in males mine was down to the friends that I held in females down to what I could wear which I'm so Mm. not about that life and the fact that I allowed that to happen that it could be controlled on what I wore and what that meant if I wore certain things and the image that portrayed and I believed and I was like you're right I shouldn't wear those sort of things or yeah I do portray that which is so not true because you should be able to wear whatever you want and feel confident in it. And that's so not okay. But I think, yeah, lots down to controlling behaviors and down to mine was so much of, I had to dictate everything of my day and my life and my weekends and my work day and everything based for this particular person. And it was down to when I woke up, what time I got to work and how much we spoke before work and after work and what I did before and after work. And I couldn't drink if I was going out because I had to go and see them straight after. So there was just so many things. It was just complete control. When you
2: spoke about the what you could wear, I, it just triggered a thought. I remember once I bought this beautiful new dress and it was short. And I remember walking out ready to go out and he made me go back inside and change. And I was really upset and I wasn't allowed to wear the dress. And I was so and I remember going, Why aren't you wearing your dress? And I had to make
1: up some lie. You would protect them. You would protect them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hundred I don't
2: and why? Why were we protecting them? I had to make up an excuse because I couldn't let her know that he told me to get dressed, no way. But also he would do it in a way that he knew that I knew not to dog on him if that made sense. Like never to make him out the bad guy.
1: I was going to do that. Yeah, Yeah. these type of men or people in general, I guess, are very, very good at being the good guy and making everyone around them believe that that's the case. So then you're like, yeah, they must be the good guy or no one would believe you even if you tried because they don't give that perception to anybody else and they don't see it.
0: What was interesting, I think, for, well, a few of my relationships with Nelson was like my mum could always see what was happening. She would watch... And she would say things, but I would be like, no, it's fine. It would be like one of them. I wasn't allowed to spend time with my family without him interrupting, calling out to me constantly, and had to be in there and blocking all the time. He had to be the center of my attention always. And my family weren't allowed to. It was to the point where he would be jealous of my nieces and nephews. And my mum said, Every time I try and talk to you, he yells across the house for you. He yells for you, and I was like, "No, that's okay. No, it's <laughs> you're protecting
2: them, covering up." Yeah, them. and you do I was always doing that.
0: Yeah, and like even the violent side, it was always screaming matches and breaking my stuff, throwing my stuff across the room. But I just never told anyone. But I would complain about things that probably didn't matter to people. But that was like also, I remember one of our friends was saying all these things that I complained about. And I registered, I was like, oh, I need to stop complaining about my partners. But then now I sit back and think about it. No, no, no. I was obviously complaining about those things which didn't matter because the things that did matter in the background, I wasn't talking about. I do have a rule now. I don't bitch about my husband. I'll tell people what happened, but I've usually spoken with him before it,
1: but I'm also not trying to
0: hide anything. Yeah. And it's crazy. We hid shit from
1: people. Yeah. It's interesting. I think with that is that you just carry this almost shame and embarrassment that you, you know it's wrong. Deep down, I think when you're in those relationships, you know it's not right. But you're protecting them and you want it to work. I think my innocency came from, I wanted it to work. And not only did I want it to work, I wanted to be the best version for him but also bring out the best. I think, you know, a lot of us, we're all people pleasers and being a people pleaser means that you're trying always to bring the best out in other people and you're trying to do the right thing by them. Therefore, you're sacrificing yourself so much. So from that is that you don't want to be embarrassed. You don't want to be shameful. You want it to work. So if you admit it out loud or if you say anything, you're admitting that it's not right. And therefore you have to do something about it and you have to action it. And it's so hard to do that. Like I think I got so good at faking it that he would go out for dinner with friends or go out to a club or anything, and he could be saying the most awful things in my ears, but I would be laughing and smiling, so no one would have any idea what was being said to me, because I got so good at hiding it, that no one would know. And then you know, you say the people closest to you, like obviously Lisa would know, being (laughs) one of the only ones that could recognise in one relationship what was happening. While it was hard at the time, it was something that remained constant in my mind, knowing that my best friend had seen something And it helped me. Look, it took took a very long time to get to that place of accepting it and moving on. But it kept reminding me of how bad it was and what she had seen. So, yeah, it is hard to live in that and it is hard to be honest. And that's something I think that I've really learned now that I will never not be honest with the people around you, because they're the ones that are going to support you. They're the ones that care about you. They're the ones that are going to be there in the end. So you need to be honest with them.
2: Yeah, that's actually funny that's one of my regrets down the line I think I could have handled that better with how I approached it I agree with everything you're saying but I think maybe the way that I could have approached it could have been a bit bit more delicate (laughs) the way I went about it
1: look Um, yeah but I I think you know a true friend is always be honest and that's something I always appreciate and respect and I think that's something that yeah between Lisa and myself that we're always going to have something that we would discuss about that and she has that regret but for me from my perspective, it's thank gosh she did. And the brutally honest side, yeah, maybe it could have been worded differently, but that's what was required. And that's honestly what that person deserved. So she wasn't saying anything wrong. It wasn't anything that wasn't the truth. Um, And it's hard. It's always going to be something that I think you will navigate. And with a friend, it's always going to be hard. And in the end, they have to learn themselves, right? But also, I think being honest to a degree is really important because without what Lisa had said to me, and yes, it was very early on in that relationship. You guys was are it? only fresh. Fresh.
2: Was
0: it fresh lease?
2: Yeah, and I had just. Come I out thought of, it was near the end. No, I had just come out of my relationship, and I was just watching oh, so this going. Sore. Wow, yeah, I could see, it. and I was like looking around, like ah, then no one else, like no one else could see what I could see, and then, like I said, I went about it the real wrong way, and I think I knew deep down probably Ash did know what I was talking about, but like you said, she's, I would have protected my boyfriend too, and I would have taken his side, hundred percent.
1: See, that's the thing now for me is that once you've been in any sort of relationship that has similar traits, you can see it so easily in another. I can pick it up now so quickly in another relationship. And that's what would have been happening with you. You've been through it, you've seen it, you knew exactly what was happening. You knew I from had just God, come out of that relationship, too. You see, know. And you're going to have that passion and that fiery side because you're like, no, I've just been through that and I got out. Like, please do not go through that. I know what it's like and I know how hard it is. But unfortunately, yeah, in in everything, it's like that person has to see it for themselves. But without that honesty, I don't think, that's what sort of drew me at the end. I kept telling myself, I'm like, what did she say? You've known this from the beginning.
2: Yeah, wow, memories.
0: <laughs> mm, what other things? For me, coming from a relationship or relationships that were, like they not name called, like I wouldn't let that, slide now and I know Lisa you had a lot of name
2: calling it's called the s oh slut all the time and I'm like how I've only uh, like how I'm not or just my I wore a short skirt to school I was like that doesn't make me a slut <laughs> yeah just really really bad name calling oh but like or even like for how I acted or how I laughed or or if I pick something up and oopsie daisies, my my, my shorts split up a little bit. Like, then it was all the name calling. All the words that could describe the word, different name for the word slut. I got called all of them. And I was mm. like, this is necessary. Like, why?
0: Why? It's not funny. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. That's something, yeah, I won't. I'm, but I've always been someone that didn't name call. Cool. Like, you know, in an argument, people call each other horrible names. Like, I've never been about that i think that's when you're losing an argument obviously you, you're doing that um but even like yelling being like super aggressive uh, that's like i won't i won't even if kirk says no to me i cry but <laughs>
2: <laughs> well i think it's when he didn't even have an argument if that morning i could see he was in a bad mood no matter what i said no matter what i did i was gonna get in trouble or yelled at for something i remember just even seeing him on the bus or at school and I could see like the face already and I'm like okay here we go what am I going to get in trouble for today you know what okay. did I do wrong who did I talk to what did I did my arm accidentally nudge this person as I walked past them and that caused me to be floating like it was just next level
1: mm. yeah and it is and when it's like that you're living constantly in a state of worry
2: the, the anxiety is is brutal
0: every day you wake up you don't know what's gonna happen
2: A hundred percent, 100, it was awful. And like going through that for like however many years or months, it's just not healthy. You can't say you're happy when you're like that.
1: Absolutely. And it makes you question everything. It questions, what am I gonna wear today? It questions like, it was an example for me was, I would fear going to the shops or going out in case I bumped into somebody And then that got passed on and it got misinterpreted like one time i went to the shops and i bumped in my brother's friend and then they were very close and then months later that friend came over when my partner was there and that friend said oh how was the rest of your day and i was like oh yeah it was good and then i just saw the face change his face change and i knew Mm. about to get into a big fight all because i bumped into somebody at the shops and we just said hey how are you? It was just, you constantly lived in fear. You didn't want people to talk to you. You didn't want to go oh. near all. You were so frightened that something could happen and then you'd just be fighting again. Yep.
2: Well, that just actually, <laughs> would just strike back so many memories. I remember once at work at McDonald's I was on my lunch break and another guy who I worked with was on his lunch break and he came and sat with me and we had our lunch break together. And one of our mutual friends happened to come to Macca's at that time and had seen us. Anyway, I said, innocently pass that information on to Frank. and Oh, my gosh. The fear and panic that set in because I knew that this person was going to go and tell him, like, oh, very innocently. I bumped into Lisa. She was having lunch with such and such or with one of her coworkers. And it did, and it absolutely blew off. I got in trouble. And I said, what was I supposed to do in that situation? Uh, you get up and walk away. Okay. So if someone comes and sits with you to have lunch with you, you're meant to grab your tray and move to another area. That's what was expected. Like, okay. how can you live like that? But again, in my head, I'm like, oh, maybe he had a valid point or valid reason for, for this behaviour. Maybe he's right. Maybe that would have upset him. I need to think how he was feeling.
1: Yes, and they do. They word it so well and they manipulate it so much that you always think you're on the wrong. Everything they did, you would start believing that you didn't said things that weren't true because they were so yeah. good at you'd just be like, oh, I must have done that. I I, I am the wrong. But you weren't. You never were. 90% of the time, it's like I wasn't in the wrong, but they were so, so good. Honestly, I used to say they should be a lawyer because I'm like, you just twist it and you can get any answer out of me. And I'd be like, oh, you're right. Every time, you win. Yeah.
0: I remember when Nelson had started hanging out with shady people And one of the things I now, I never thought I would let slide ever, but really don't let slide, is like lying, but he's hanging out with shady people and I would ask questions because I just didn't agree with it at all, like I was not comfortable. And he would say to me, don't ask questions you don't want the answer for. He'd say that to every time. You don't want to hear the answer, don't ask me the question. And I was like, I just got the chills. (laughs) So out! Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That <laughs> was the beginning of the end. <laughs> like yeah. and things like, oh I couldn't answer my phone. It was locked in a box because we when we're around each other, we can't see each other. And I was just like, what the heck? And I stayed in that relationship for so much longer after those initial things. Kind of and then they make you seem like you're the crazy
2: one for even worrying. This is fine what they're doing. It's
0: fucking fine. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
2: I was always made out I was in the wrong, always, no matter mm. even if I knew 100%. No, I did nothing wrong this time. It would always be worded and manipulated to be like, oh, okay, I was the bad guy. Yeah, I could see how he'd be upset. Mm. But looking back now, I'm like, oh, no, I, I'm so, such a fool, you know? I was so young and mm.
0: Well, that was like one of my Nelsons, <laughs> all the Nelsons I've been with. How many times did you cheat on me? Mm. And, like, it was, like, just a well-known thing. And I would almost blame and intimidate the other girls like it
2: was their fault. It was their fault. Yeah, it was never the, his fault, yeah.
0: But it was definitely his fault. And it wasn't until, um, like, his best friend lost it at me one day. He lost it at me and said, he's fucking cheating on you nonstop. Can you not see this? I don't want to what I can't watch this anymore. But But it's, like, When you always say, I would never stay with someone who cheated on me. And then I did so many, so many times. So that that is something.
1: And that reminds me too, I think, something in one of my past relationships was that it was the double standards. And that's something that I just, I tried so hard to see from the other perspective, but I just couldn't. And it used to bother me so much that I was so open and understanding and trusting and everything like that, that. I allowed my partner, of course, they can have friends that are females like that is so normal. They can text female friends, things like that that didn't bother me, but it bothered him. So I couldn't do it. But he said he could still do it because I was fine with it. But he wasn't allowed. I wasn't allowed to do it because he wasn't fine with it. So it continued that way all the time. Something that I just really would never allow to happen now is that you need to be on mutual ground, have mutual values and mutual decisions. And what is right for one needs to be right for both because it was so much of me that I lost all of my friends that were males and I couldn't speak to any of them, but he was allowed to continue all of that. And it was just so contradictory and so bothering. And like, I wanted to stop it, but it wasn't in my values. I'm like, well, I don't care that you do it. But I was like, no, if I can't do it, then you can't do it. But he was so manipulative and made me believe that he was allowed to do it and I wasn't. And that was okay because that's what we both different believed.
0: Yeah. And it almost creates you could be because you had been in great relationships before. Mm -hmm. And so you had had that security. Right. And you were insecure in everything. And then you go into this relationship with a jealous person and you almost become jealous it's like you start becoming like them because you're like, well, no, motherfucker, if you ha- you get to do that, like, why do why? And you're like, but I don't want to be this. So I'm going to continue trying to, you know, mm. being like, no, it's fine. But it kind of sends you a lo- bit loopy.
1: <laughs> yeah, so accurate. Yeah. I started to have jealous sides of me that I'd never, ever had because it's just so not me. Like, you're right, the first relationship I had been in was just so beautiful and so loving and so trusting and <laughs> that, I just never had those feelings. And that's what I I still believe relationships should be like. But he had made me believe that, you know, maybe I should be jealous. Like maybe I do. Mm -hmm. I was 100% exactly the same. Well, no, no, no. If you're
2: talking to girls, that must mean you're flirting with them because that's what he made me believe that I'm doing when I'm talking to them. It was just wild. Or if he had gone to the shops and a girl was there, they were definitely doing something cheeky that they shouldn't have been doing because he made me believe that that's what I was doing. That's (laughs) definitely what I was doing. That's, same. Yep. that's how to share his toxic trait we also hear when they're accusing you
0: it's often them doing it right so one of one of my nelson's would accuse me of cheating but he was cheating non-stop on me and i wasn't doing it like i wasn't a nice girl but i wasn't cheating on anyone <laughs> like and it's like oh okay so then you've got that in the back of your mind and you're like well he must be doing that
1: what their insecurities are, what they're doing, they portray onto you. That's so true. Except you might have saw, I didn't see it. I was just like, oh, yeah, maybe that's how they feel. They would never be doing that back. <laughs> mm. Mm. Well, yeah. Or like one of
0: mine, um, we know that they went off with a underage person and then yep. they later on tried to come back, like called me randomly and all this, wanted to come back in my life and just, fuck with your head just as you're getting over them they want to come back in and fuck with your head but he was like saying like i love you you're the one we do anything to be back together but they were still with the girl that they left me for they were just outside the house on the phone to me (laughs)
1: like
0: what the fuck and you're just so fucked mentally you just want to believe that
2: you know they're the one and you're like they're not the one man it's almost like they made us believe but like you won't get better than me. Like I was made to think, Well if we end it, like you're not gonna get any better. You won't get any no one will want you. Like, okay, maybe maybe he's he's onto something else you know, and embed <laughs> the fear into you. Wild.
0: So with all of these things we won't let slide. I'm sure there's like so many things that will pop up we can just say throughout. But um Oh, I know one. <laughs> This is not even it. something I wear It's loud. It's just funny. Something that happened to me. One of my boyfriends actually cheated on me with my sister.
2: Oh, dear. What? what? Nah. Nah. I think I knew this.
0: We were young, like 14. That's something I will Well, you know, if it happens, it happens. But...
2: <laughs> I don't think I could move
1: past that one. <laughs> no.
0: That's what Ash always says, but I moved past pretty quick. I got over it. He then continued to date her for about four years.
1: Yeah, respectfully, that's a no from
0: me. <laughs> yeah. Wild hate. But I could say that I'm slightly, like, was in the wrong slightly because I kind of knew she liked him before I dated him. I didn't date him just because she liked him. Like, I'm not like that. Yeah. But, no, <laughs> how fucked up is that? <laughs> imagine that. Just imagine that. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, no, nah, I can't. I couldn't move past that. No. <laughs>
0: So yeah. with that, what are some red flags that we obviously ran straight through or didn't notice? Because we were quite young. Well, because one
2: of them was so insecure, it then made me feel insecure. Like he never trusted me, so it made me believe, okay, maybe the feeling was mutual. And I had a right not to trust him as he did cheat on me. Maybe then mm. I should have really trusted trusted my gut. Oh, no, so you gut your gut was a red flag. Yeah, I always, I don't know, in the back of my mind, I always wanted to believe that he wouldn't do the wrong thing, but I kind of knew that he would. And then after all that, we found out that he was cheating on me with one of my friends, by the way. Mm. Oh, my best friend, wasn't it? It was, mm. yeah. Well, None of I, us, th- we're best friends. None of us. No, there was two. There was two. Mm. But he just made me, he made me an insecure person. I was never insecure. I was just, you know, you're in a trusting, loving relationship because he was so insecure. He just threw those onto me.
1: I think one of mine from the beginning was I saw so early on before we were even officially dating the way he behaved with me when he still had a girlfriend was oh, just yes. so, so wrong. Um, but I, you know, you always think they won't be like that for me that this was many, many, many years ago. So I'm, I'm very not naive now, but I was like, Oh no, they wouldn't do that to me but you just think that. And then I saw the behaviors of anger and frustration, just all of those things when you're trying to communicate how frustrated, like you used to have to leave the house to go on a calm down walk. And I saw them from the beginning. And I'll never forget, ever forget. It was like maybe a month into our relationship and already I seen all these things and it was just treating me horribly. And I remember I rolled over in bed next to him to go to sleep. And I said to myself, I will never, ever marry someone like this. I will not do it. How did I stay in that? That was from month one. I knew I couldn't marry someone this. I knew I didn't deserve to be with someone like this. But still, I continued for years to be in this relationship. And I just walked straight through all those red flags. And I knew from day dot. I was so aware of them. But I just thought, being the person I was, that I could help them. I think that was so much of what my thought process was. I can help them. They love me and I love them. I'll make them better. I'll make this work. It will be fine.
0: Bit of a saviour complex.
1: Yeah, very much so. And the big thing there is that doesn't happen. You cannot save someone. You You cannot, cannot. They don't want to be changed either, but you can't do that. Yeah.
0: I think also same with me was Nelson literally was trying to date me and asked me to move in when his ex's stuff was still in his house. And she was, like, I should have seen it from how heartbroken she was that he would literally just dropped her to be with me. It was like a crossover. You know what I mean? Mm. And then the whole he left her to be with me and, like, how you said, Ash, like, oh, they wouldn't do that to me. And then that's what ended up happening in the end, which it needed to happen. But, yeah, that's a red flag. And I just... You just go through it and you think, oh, they just love love me so much that they're just dropping everyone for me. And it's like,
2: no. <laughs> like, uh, I remember actually one of the Franks was really um protective over his phone. I could never even touch it or look over his shoulder. He always had it face down. He always had a coat on it. It was like an, an off, like if I needed to send a message to my mum, he would open it and he would write it for me. Mm, like that's a lot wasn't that to touch the air around the phone. It was really off limits. And then one time I remember I got into the phone because I'm like, why didn't he see what he's hiding here? And there it was, Or things that he'd been hiding. Messages to other girls, messages to my friends. He was hiding it for a reason. Yeah, and I remember once I stole the phone as a joke and he got so angry at me. And in my head I'm like, why would someone get that angry over, like,
1: yeah. you know what I mean,
2: a hidden phone? And I was like, he's got to have something in there. And, of course, I'm like, I need to get in there. How am I going to get in there? Because, you know, when you go searching for something, you always know you're going to find something. Mm. But, and and I found something. Mm.
1: So yeah, it
2: was a big, a big red flag.
1: Yes, mine, one of mine was exactly like that. Took her to the toilet, into the shower, slept with it under the <laughs> Under the pillow. Would <laughs> yes. not go near it couldn't breathe. The thought of touching that phone, anything in terms of searching, everything had to be on my phone. I had to be very open, which I was like, I'm so open with my phone. I've got nothing to hide. I'm not going to ever lie to somebody. So yeah, go ahead, use my phone. But God forbid, if we even attempted to touch his phone, it's a big no-go. And of course, there's always going to be things on there. People do not do that unless they are hiding something.
0: Mm, Hectic. I had um, one I thought was I had a weird inkling he was messaging someone in my family and I don't know why, just, and it could have been because of the whole previous, you know, situation I'd been through, this thing. but I had this whole meltdown and I was like, okay, show me your messages and they were all deleted.
1: Um, I was like That reminds yeah. me, I have a story of that actually. This was right towards the end of the relationship when I finally started to see the light. It took a very long time. He was (laughs) definitely texting another girl. I was aware of that. And I had, we were actually overseas at the time. So we didn't have Wi-Fi in our room. Bizarre, that was an old time. You only could get Wi-Fi in the foyer, the lobby or whatever you want to call it. And so I had managed to get his phone, which he somehow left, I don't know how I got it. And I got into Messenger and I could see the messages there, but I couldn't click and open them bigger. And he had convinced me that if I had, I tried so hard to get him downstairs to get that Wi-Fi. I'm like, let me read those. And he's like, they'll already be all gone. Trust me, they're not there. That was so innocent, and I believed that they were all deleted. But they weren't. They wouldn't have been deleted. They were there. But they were. He was so good at manipulating that you could just. He could talk his way out of anything, and I would just believe it. But the, the messages were there and the proof. And I still was like, you're right. You didn't do anything wrong.
0: Well, he told you they'll just disappear
1: disappear if we went to Wi-Fi because he'd already deleted them because he knew I would I would over exaggerate if I saw them
2: Uh. what the fuck Mm. what Mm. and now we we sit here and I'm
0: sure people listening are like you fucking idiots but it's like well
2: no because we didn't want to upset you when it was nothing I used to get that too (sighs) and I'm like well (laughs) if you kiss someone else of course I'd be upset yeah that would upset me a little bit yeah, yeah yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah but anyways you do you <laughs> you're right there's <It> nothing
0: <laughs> other red flags like one would be anyone would look at me and they'd cause a punch on like that's a massive red flag any violence I think is a, yeah. like a bit of a red flag um and that was like very early on like the jealousy
1: it's hectic I think okay. it, so is I guess the term that people call it now is love bombing or something like <sighs> What's that? Where they come in guns blazing. So the moment you meet, they're just infatuated by you and and say all the right things and do all the right things. And you just think, I've found someone that's just so wonderful that's going to do all these right things, but they just hide it and then they turn. They're very good at catching you and you just get hook, line and sinker. You fall so quickly because they're so good. I just, yeah, everything seems perfect for the first few weeks and then boom, it turns. Wow,
0: I've
2: never heard of this term.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Love bombing is a red flag when they, when they're just, I can't even say if it's too good to be true because Kirk's pretty like too good to be true, but when it's too good to be true, sometimes it's true. You know what I
1: mean? Most of the time I think real true love, you know, it still is slow and it still is beautiful. It's, It's not this quick. You, you know, I think, yeah, sure. You know, I can be this little innocent little princess thing that thinks love at first sight is true. I'm sure. But, it should still be low and beautiful and, you know, it's not extreme. If you feel like everything's happening on, you know, day two, then it probably is too good to be true. Hmm.
0: Another red flag was um one Nelson when, like, say, if he went to a restaurant or he went somewhere and sat down, he always had to sit with his back to a wall. He could never have his back exposed. Why? Because in case someone came in and dragged him out or attacked him.
2: That's oh, a red flag. He was, like, always on watch. Always on watch. Oh, my God. Did he tell you that? That's the reason why he needs to have a Yeah, to because board. I
0: would go and sit because I was, like, a booth. Like, I'd always want to sit near the wall. And he would be like, no, 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 I need to sit there. And then I was like, why? And then he's like, yeah, I need to make sure I can always see everything and always be safe. No one ever can get me from behind.
2: Like, cool, 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 cool. Oh, my uh-huh. gosh. I remember once I'd never just in. Um, when I was going for my license, he didn't want me going for it on a manual because he didn't drive manual, and he already had his license. But if I drove manual and he didn't, that would make me a bit a bit better than him. So he tried to talk me out of going for my license, and he's like, you shouldn't do it because you're knowing you know, you wrap your car around a pole. And I was like, oh. And then I was like, before the test, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't go for my license like in the manual car. Maybe I should take the auto. And I remember just telling mum, oh, you know, I don't really feel confident doing this. And she's like, what do you mean you've been like driving so long? Like, you know, just do it. Don't worry about if you fail, just do it again. And I was like, yeah, you're right. But he almost made me just get my license on an auto because he drove an auto and he didn't want to feel less of a man because his partner was driving a manual. And I almost did that. And I'm so glad I didn't. I don't know, I just grew balls and I was like, nah I'm going to lay on the manual. I'm doing it. And I once said, I'm like, you're just jealous because you can't drive a manual. And, wow, it sparked World War III, but that's
1: another story. said <laughs> so you were feeling brave that day. You? Yeah, that day. I sparked have a little bit of courage and I was like, he's a kid. <laughs> <laughs> One of my last red
0: flags is literally if they're um, your brother's friend, maybe avoid it. Yeah. No, How many well. of my brother's friends have I dated? <laughs>
2: Exactly. Well, I can't confirm that. Few franks I've seen and travelled. Yeah, it never ends well.
1: I'm thankful I have not gone there before, so that's good.
0: Yeah, I think I've pretty much, unless they were like my actual brother, like the way I saw them, I think I dated them all. You got so many, there's so many to choose from. <laughs> <Legit>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and In my little province, obviously. My little brother's friends, I've never dated any of them. They're all just like my little brother to me. But um yeah, just don't do it. On
2: <laughs> it's not it's not good to start. It doesn't finish well. Never ends well. It never ends well. Yeah. It's always gonna break up someone's relationship, whether it's a brother, a friend, someone. It never ends well.
0: But guys, have you ever like looked back on your past dating life and noticed any toxic behaviours that maybe you were responsible for at all or created as a retaliation?
2: I I feel like I started mimicking his behaviour with everything, with the jealousy, with everything, because he made me believe that that was part of a normal relationship. So then I decided, okay, well, you know, every time he went out or he would speak to another girl, I would begin to cause a fight because he was definitely flirting and cheating and doing the wrong thing. So I started just mimicking his behaviour. And then, I don't know, it wasn't until I realised when I got into a relationship with Sam, I was like, wow. What a breath of fresh air, I feel like me. I can be myself. I can be my loyal, loving self. And the feeling was very neutral. It just didn't, I didn't feel like I was me, the honest real me and the happy, loyal, loving me when I was with him. It just started showing other toxic traits. I didn't feel good either. I didn't feel like a good person. I didn't feel like a good girlfriend. It didn't make me feel good being a jealous person. Who wants to feel like that or, or insecure all the time? You know what I mean? It doesn't get, doesn't get you far. No, you're absolutely right. It doesn't yeah. get you far.
1: Yeah um I think not so much was it a toxic behavior in a relationship with partners but particularly in one relationship I then became somebody I wasn't to my friends I think he manipulated and convinced me so much that I wasn't interested and didn't want to do so many things my friends did therefore I pushed away from that and I became someone I wasn't I became someone who you know, if anyone knows me, I love to have fun and love to go out and explore and, and travel and do all sorts of fun things, but I stopped doing anything like that. I didn't want to go out. Well, I did want to go out, but I pretended like I didn't want to go out and I sacrificed friendships and things that I enjoyed. Therefore, I guess that made me resent him in other ways. And I think when you are always coming home to an issue and there's always something, something that I learned and I you know, wasn't great at was that I gave my best self to everybody else but him. And not that he, to be honest, deserved my best self because yeah, he really did. But when, you, when you're when you coming home to so much negativity and so much issues and so much unhappiness, I wasn't my best self. I was my unhappy self all the time. And he could recognize mm. that. And not that he thought it was from him. He just thought that I would always give everyone my best self and I would take everything out on him. But I don't think still, you know, it's not a good trait to be in. in something that I think people can get caught up in when they live busy lives. They do give a lot of people their best selves and then take their out on the people they love the most. So I think something that I would always be aware of going forward is that the people you love the most don't deserve that side. Like, yes, obviously they're your comfort zone. They're the ones that you might want to vent to or things like that, but they deserve the best version of you always. And I think that's something I probably wasn't doing. But she, it, it was interesting, actually, because the people that I had met during my relationship that didn't know me before that relationship thought I was so different after, but it, it wasn't that I was different. It's just that I was back. They thought I was a quiet, shy, insecure person. And it, look, it took a long time to build that back up. But when I came back out and I started doing the things that I enjoyed, people were like, oh, what do you mean you do that? I was like, that's who I always was. I just, I guess you just didn't know me before and you didn't know that's the type of person I was because that person had allowed me or manipulated me to be different. Mm.
0: But that is really good because it is so true. Say you get into a beautiful, happy, kind relationship, you'll still have to remind yourself this person deserves the best of me and not the rest of me. Sometimes I have to remind myself, you know, when you're just going through the motions of life and you're so busy getting shit done, you're not having fun anymore. But if there was other people around, you'd have fun. But I'm like, well, why doesn't Kirk deserve me to be myself and be stupid and be silly and do Mm. that? So I remind myself. Well, he reminds me to just be fun all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Or just to, like, I can have the emotions and the up and down days, but you want to be happy more than grumpy or shitty or stressed or sad. So, yeah, for sure. I was pretty toxic, to be honest. I don't know why. Maybe it's what I've seen growing up. I don't know. But I had this belief that I was the most stubborn person in the world. And I remember one of my, one of the Nelsons said, like I'm stubborn and I had this like thing in my head, like I had to be more stubborn than him, even if it was at the detriment of everything. And it like got to the point where he would be on his knees begging me not to do like not to leave him or things. And I would just stand there and look at him. And there was no emotion. And I just think I think now I can't believe I did that to someone.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
0: regardless of who they are. And I would never dream to do that to Kirk or to anyone. He he was toxic, but I, I don't I don't know if it was like the result of just becoming like them or yeah, that's what I might end up like being. Yeah. Or if I was just a fucking bitch, because I was a bit of both, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'll own it. Having gone through all of everything you've gone through and we've obviously all come out of that and we've obviously all created pretty amazing lives. Do you think you're a better person for it, for having gone through that and what lessons have you learned?
1: I think for me, I wouldn't say I'm a better person because I truly believe that a good person is just someone who treats everyone with kindness and care and respect and love. And I have always and will continue to live my life that way. But I think I have learned to be better in relationships and I have learned that I am completely enough for a long time when I was... you know, getting out of that and learning and growing through that. I just felt like I just wasn't, wasn't enough. And I wasn't lovable. And I had a lot of insecurities come up. And I think I've learned a lesson that I am enough as I am. And I know, and this is not to sound anything up myself, but I know I'm a good person because I know I treat people kindly. And I know that I care about other people. And I love everyone fiercely in my life that if someone doesn't see that, then that's on them. And that's not on me. So I think I've learned, that I am enough that I can be alone, like I'm so fiercely independent, but in a good way, that I love my life wholeheartedly on my own and I love everything I do and I love everything about my life. And if someone wants to join in on that and then continue in the fun and continue in the love of life, then great, but I'm not going to change for somebody Obviously, I'm open for compromise and, you know, things like that. But the person I am, I'm not going to change for and I'm not going to make sacrifices that detriment my life and the things that I love and the people that I love and the things that I do and enjoy because someone thinks that's what's necessary. So I think, I've, yeah, I'm very aware of what I accept and don't accept. And I'm very aware of just what what could come and what that means in a relationship and how important values and communication and things like that are. So, yeah, I think that's me. That's wonderful, Ash. I don't think
2: that I'm a better person, but I think I've learned how to communicate better. I think back when I was young, if something was bothering me, I'd go about it the wrong way, hence what I did with Ashley. <laughs> but I think now, just coming out of it, I've just grown a little, feel like I am enough and I can communicate my needs and wants without feeling insecure or being made to feel belittled, I guess. So I think, like, if you're in a loving relationship, don't ruin it by speculating because you've been hurt or cheated on in the past. You know Yeah, very like very don't bring happy. your baggage and
0: dump it on the new
2: person. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's where I learned when I started dating Vincenzo, I guess that was a big thing for me. Don't bring don't bring my old baggage into my new relationship. So I think I learnt a lot and obviously having a loving relationship was a lot different. <laughs> I could handle it and approach it a bit differently.
1: Amy, you?
0: Um I yeah, think yeah. I'm definitely a better person than I was when I was with all my previous partners. As I've said, I was a bit of a bitch, a bit. I was a bitch. We'll stop. Capital B, capital every letter. Um to them and I think what I learned was when I had been single and I decided to learn, like, and learn from myself and my past what I was like and what I didn't want to be like going forward. But also that I, I've i learned that those relationships aren't okay. It's not okay to scream and fight all the time or violence or name call or feel insecure or be told who you can talk to, like, what you can wear. And because we, you know, how we've said, like, we've watched – movies before and like that's just what they do and like all of these things and you just see or even just the people you hang around with they just think oh that's just what relationships are and I've learned now that no that's not okay and and like you Lise I've really learned how to communicate because I was the same I've come from a loud aggressive family so I went around doing the same thing and I've learned how to be not like that, and I'm married to someone that came from a quiet, beautiful, probably has 100%. never had someone yell at him in his life, family. And I guess yeah, we've learned we've learned the red flag. So, 100%. yeah, we'll hopefully, well, at least you and I are married, but Ash will hopefully spot them, <laughs> and if not, I'll call them out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so final question of the chat. Oh, guys, so nice been chatting to you. Do you have any regrets in life? And if you do, are you willing to share one that comes to mind? Well, I've
2: already shared mine, but I'll share it again. (laughs) With Ashley. I mean, I know we're only 18 or 19 years old, but I regret how I really handled things with Bob, Ash's ex. Yes, he wasn't nice and I could see straight through him. But as a result, it ruined mine and Ashley's friendship for ages. You know, Mm. there's a proper way to deal with the fact of not liking your best friend's boyfriend and telling your best friend that he's a C-word and deleting him on Facebook is just not one of them.
1: I know it's your regret, but it's not mine and never will be. And I respect and appreciate so much that you said that. Without you, I honestly, like, that was a thing. Playing on my head at the end was Remember what Lisa said because she was telling you the truth. Do you have another regret, Lisa?
2: Do I have another regret? Yeah, actually, I was pretty private about my surrogacy journey. And I regret that because now I wish I just shared it with everyone because it was just such a rewarding experience for me at the end. I know that's not to do with the topic, but that's probably where I'm like, oh, I should have shared that. What a wonderful journey that was. I should (laughs) have let people be a part of that. Yeah, it was very good.
1: I think I don't regret anything in life because I think, you know, I'm not like everything happens for a reason, but in a lot of instances, not always, I don't think that's a true fact because there's some things that are really awful in life and I don't believe there's a reason for that. But I made the decisions and I did the things in my life at the time that felt right and I stick by those. I think there's some things that I would have liked to have done differently maybe, but not as a regret, just things I would change. And obviously one of them would be not to stay in a relationship for as long as I did that wasn't serving me think probably would be just to travel sooner I'm so glad that me and you Amy have explored the world and traveled so much and I would have liked to have started that earlier and I think a relationship caused that not to happen Mm -hmm. but other than that no I'm pretty pretty pleased with life (laughs) and the choices I've made generally
0: um okay last question I'm just gonna ask off the cuff you weren't prepared for this one but if you got to sit down and have dinner or something with the 19 year old version of you and that version was
2: going to listen to you, what would you say to them? Oh, good question. Just be patient. Everything will happen in its right time. Don't try and force things to happen. Just learn to be patient because even now I'm always jumping the gun. Things happen for a reason. Things will fall into place. Things will work. Don't try and force it to happen. Mm That would probably be what I have to say. Just slow down and be in the moment, live in the moment.
1: Yeah, that was a good one, Lisa. I love that. It's a tough one. I think that I, I would just tell my 19-year-old self that you are a good person, that you're enough, and that you cannot fix everyone, no matter how hard you try. You cannot do everything for everyone and can't be there for everyone, and you can't be the person that fixes everyone's problems. Love yourself. Put yourself first sometimes, and slow down, because I rush in life. Amy, yours?
0: If I could sit down with my younger self, I would tell her to invest (laughs) now. (laughs) And, yeah, just like Lisa, be patient because that age I needed to be in a relationship. You don't need to be married with children by 24. There's so much more to life it's kind of a combination of both views like be patient you're not going to get married in your 20s because i didn't and also get out there and travel as much as you can which i did but i did it later what's life like now we're we're out of that in short give me a give me a short summary of your life
2: i'm happily married i have two beautiful girls i owe my first time with vincent um, and I did something brave and creative that made me feel so strong this year, carrying another baby for my brother. I'm, like, super proud of myself for that. So I'm just at the moment on that leave just enjoying the time spent at home with my children. So I'm yeah. just really happy at the moment I'm feeling and feeling really
0: strong. And what's life like with a husband that doesn't make you feel crazy and insecure and lets you wear whatever you want.
2: <laughs> I just feel happy every day. I'm excited to see him every day. I'm excited when he has a day off. I just feel really happy and blessed that mm-hmm. I found my Vincennes. Yeah, and remember I used
0: to say, I want a Vincennes. I want a
2: Vincennes.
0: And now people say, I want a Kirk. I was
2: like, I want a Kirk. <laughs> yeah, the Kirk daddies and Vincennes are around there. So they they really, are. really happy. We've made two beautiful girls. And Chan was my rock this year on this big journey that he carried me through. So
1: just feeling really blessed and happy and grateful. Yeah, and I'm feeling really strong. Lee, that's thanks for sharing. Yeah, thanks for welcoming. And life after that, those relationships, that life is really, really good. I have travelled mostly with you, Amy, and explored and met so many people that I never would have and have so many new friendships and so many best friends that I love and I own my own apartment and I am very good at my job and I just love life and live it completely to the fullest and completely how I want in my independent, wild and happy little bubble and I just love life. So I'm very, very happy. It makes
2: me feel so happy when I hear how happy someone else is. Like it fills my cup. Yeah. How are you, Amy.
0: I just, I've been thinking a lot lately, like, I just have the most magical life. It's just, people always will message me like, your life looks so amazing. And lots of people say, oh, what people show on the internet is not really true. I'm like, that's my life. It's honestly, my life is so magical. And before this, it was magical. Like, I was single for all those years and it was incredible. Traveled the world, continued to travel the world. I found my husband when I wasn't looking for him when I was traveling the world and yeah it's just taught me so much being in a relationship with someone who doesn't raise their voice or their hand or anything at you and is just so loving and patient and kind and holds space and supports you no matter what it's peaceful it's safe it's really fun it's like your home but oh that's nice yeah and it's there's no doubt, yeah. which I've never That's had that. Feeling. If you're doubting or if you're trying to convince yourself someone's right for you, they're not right for you. Mm. They're right for someone else, but they're not right for you. Yeah. But, yeah, so my life is amazing. There's an amazing life on the other side, <laughs> these fucked up relationships. <laughs> well, that was great, guys. Thanks for having me on, Amy. Hi, Amy. It's okay. Be- Thanks for coming on. Love you guys.
1: Loving your podcast, loving your honesty, yeah, and feel honoured to have us on. I think yeah, thank you. Feel special. I appreciate honesty. I appreciate the wisdom you're sharing and the vulnerability. I think you're sharing is amazing, and yeah, I'm super excited to see how you take this podcast further because I think it's great. You
2: know, so proud of yourself. Well done. Getting yeah, out there, you're amazing. Bye. Thanks, hype queens. Love you. Love you. Bye, dog. Thank you all
0: for listening and tuning into this podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And I want to say again, if you are currently in a situation that you don't want to be in and you don't know how to get out of, I really recommend reaching out to a trusted source. And if you can't trust anyone, reaching out to the relevant helplines and get yourself out of there. And if you have a friend who's going through a situation like this, as you might have heard Lisa say, be delicate with it, but really just let them know that they are safe with you and you have their back because often they don't. Often the person who is their partner and controlling everything has convinced them or taken them away from the outside world or from their friends and family. So try and always keep in touch if you can and just reach out to whoever you can. Yeah, it's a heavy one, but it was a necessary conversation and I'm really, really honoured that the girls um, decided to chat with me about it. You also might have picked up on the fact that Lisa mentioned that she was recently a surrogate. her brother and sister-in-law which was an incredible journey and I'm super excited because Lisa and her sister-in-law are going to come on the podcast soon to talk about that process and how that journey went for them and anything that they came across and just go over it all and really just open everyone's minds to understand surrogacy and how it works for us in Australia But Mira's actually gone through this twice now, so she can talk from both experiences that she's had. So I'm very excited. That will be coming soon when we all can get on a call or in the room at the same time. So look out for that one. Have a beautiful week, everyone. I hope it is wonderful. And remember, I am always on your side. I will speak to you next week. Big love mm yeah.